Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. We are delighted to be gathered here together today uh, to witness these uh, this podcast. It's just us again. This is kind of unusual. I think this is our biggest streak, Bishop. Um, not in our underpants. It's our biggest streak <laughs> um, of no guests in a while. Yeah, that's true. Uh, guests have kind of carried the show, but recently... Uh, Guests have either canceled or we haven't been able to set it up, um, and uh, and it turns out we have some we have some thoughts. We thought we were running out, but we might be uh, we might be facing a renaissance. So uh, <laughs> with that, uh, well, should we just say if if anybody's interested in becoming a guest, email us at unmormon at gmail dot com. We are probably going to take July and August off, right? Maybe probably won't record probably. record through July and August, but um, yeah, if anybody's interested in becoming a guest, I think we're topped up through June. Uh, but if you're interested in September, we may pick the ball up again. So email us at unmormon@gmail.com. Or we might not. Or Who we knows? might continue through the summer. Or yeah. or or we might quit completely. We might think we've had enough. Do you know mm-hmm. we've recorded two final episodes in our our whole our whole year doing this thing oh really we have recorded two final episodes where we right. sat down recorded an episode where it's like yeah we're done with this we're tired uh and then and then literally like the day before it comes out we're like okay actually we have more things to say <laughs> well we get we get we a lot get of good guests. listener feedback right we, we, get get listener feedback. we get listener feedback uh people appreciate mm-hmm. it and we yeah. appreciate people appreciating it and we also get some great guests with, with mm-hmm. some with some interesting stories. Um, no, re- yeah, yeah, really. We had, um, and even as more of a highlight, we had somebody email us and ask to connect with another former guest that we had. Oh, really? Because uh, yeah, um, and so I mean that's the power of the community. It's kind of like I never thought about building community, and I know this is a very small example, but uh, there was someone who reached out and said, "Can I get in touch with so and so?" Uh, he's got a story that's a lot like mine and I just need to talk to him some more. Yeah. Um, so that's really great that our guests have been able to, even now we're able to connect listeners with other guests, Yeah. you know, which has been great. There's a lot of, a lot of support. I mean, we talked about this in the last, uh, episode about, about the importance of finding community and, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that that, that that affects your growth and development and, um, and change as an individual. And I think I have another episode in my head, uh, mm-hmm. that relates to that, that relates to that idea of, uh, you know, finding growth and community and perhaps religion post, mm-hmm. uh, post Mormonism. But for now, we're going to talk about a religion that I haven't found. Um, in fact, I've known about it for a long time, uh, for a very long time. In fact, since birth i i've um i've been attending this church since since i was a baby uh and that is the catholic church what what you might be saying elder jackson is a catholic this whole time yep psych i'm a catholic i became more no just kidding um (laughs) my dad was raised catholic he was an altar boy and um and like super super catholic family um family went to like catholic boarding school like incredibly catholic you're making a face bishop 
What is that? I can't hold it in. I'm just saying, I guess after being an altar boy, he didn't find Bishop's interviews too uh, violating. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure entirely what his experience was. Uh, okay. But he, he left primarily over the Trinity, which I think uh, I think that'll come up in this episode. Um, so I grew up, whenever I visited my grandparents, attending Catholic Mass. So it's not an entirely unfamiliar thing to me. It was an at least once a year thing. Like I went to Catholic Mass as much as the average Catholic. Um, and uh, yeah. And so today I went to Catholic mass again and it was interesting going um, after like being done with Mormonism, because when I was Mormon and I would go to Catholic mass, I would sit there and think how quaint and I'd bring my book of Mormon and I'd sit in the Catholic church in the cathedral, like, reading my Book of Mormon, thinking, like, I'm so holy, I need to bring the Spirit to this place, you know, and uh, it was it was more of a, I guess this is how they worship, but it's wrong. That was my thought. That was my opinion growing up. Um, but then today, I visited as somebody who's not religious, um, at least not in, in this traditional sense, um, and yeah, and, and I showed up and it was kind of like an anthropological thing. I was just curious. I was like, who are these people? What do they do? Um, and it was, a, it was a small Catholic church on Vancouver Island. And uh, it's been interesting. Um, so welcome to my fireside. We're looking forward to it. So uh, let me go to the next slide of my PowerPoint. Uh as everybody in the audience cringes because this is audio only and they're thinking, Elder Jackson, we can't see your PowerPoint. But boy, I sure wish you would describe what was on your PowerPoint. Uh, that was a jab at podcasts that use PowerPoint presentations and then have an audio <laughs> thing. Um, so yeah. just as a being, you know, an armchair physicist, how much mass is in Catholic mass? Asking the real questions here. The real questions. That's just a kidding. Great, just kidding. That's a Dad great pun, question. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any real questions, Bishop? Uh, how does a Catholic Mass start? Great question. So at the beginning of Catholic Mass, everybody stands up and the priest comes in with, usually there's like some sort of altar boys and stuff, um, which there was an altar girl in this Catholic Mass? What? Mm -hmm. uh, the Catholic Church, by the way, way more gender equality, like way more gender equality than Mormonism. Uh, and when I told my aunt that, who I attended with, uh, she said, I think most things have more gender equality than Mormonism. <laughs> uh, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Mormonism is just a little bit behind on that stuff. Um, but yeah, the, so the, they come in and it's like a procession and then everybody stands and then there's like a, oh, bro, da, bro, da, bro, da. they like say some words, you repeat some words back and then in Latin and then everybody sits down. Uh, no, but my understanding okay. is, is that there are certain areas around, uh, around the world that will still do a Latin oh, okay. mass. Uh, okay. I think mostly in Italy. But I, my understanding is that there are some other pockets where you can find Latin mass. Um, but yeah, it was in English. It was in English. But it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how it starts. And then everybody sits down 
and then they kind of get into it. They do, this is one of the things I noticed, they have so many things memorized. Like Mm -hmm. in the Mormon church, when you go, when you go like at church, there's nothing really that you need to memorize. Like there's definitely dogma and things that you say, like the articles of faith. We believe da, 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 da. Uh, except for article of faith number 11 is the wacky quirky one we claim what Mm -hmm. switching it up um (laughs) but uh yeah there was a lot of things uh that people had memorized so i just kind of went along with it the only one that i had memorized was the lord's prayer and then a lot of the other things they do you know and also with you peace be with you uh that kind of thing so is this what the uh, congregations doing, or is this what the priest yeah, leading so the meeting is doing? There's a lot of like call and response. So the priest okay. says things, mm-hmm. and um, and then the the congregation will respond with something else. So he might be be like, uh, "Peace be with you," and also with you. That's what everybody everybody says. But then there right. were like these long paragraphs, and one of them even sounded a little bit like an article of faith. I th- it had the word "we believe" in there a few times, um, and uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, so is that the is that what they call the liturgy? I'm not sure. I don't. Okay. I, I don't. I don't really you didn't, know. You didn't get a PhD in Catholic studies. You just showed yeah. up for one. Thing. No, okay. believe it or not. Yeah. I just, I, I only just went to mass. It was uh, Pentecost today though. We're recording this June 5th. It was Pentecost. So um, did they do anything special for Pentecost or is it, do they speak in tongues? It did seems they... like that. So I actually, I asked my uncle, I was, I was like, do we get to speak in tongues? Like, is this yeah. going to be a thing? Uh, yeah. No, we did not speak in tongues. Sadly. Um, I was really hoping to, their thing with Pentecost is it's the church's birthday. So the priest said he gave like, so I got this little printout. It's almost like a newspaper thing. It's like a bulletin, but way bigger. Um, and part of the priest's like speech, cause the priest is really the only one that speaks during this whole thing. There might be a mm-hmm. couple other people who come up and say a reading from John chapter 20, and then they'll read part of it right uh but the priest does most of the talking and he said the first sunday in our first reading today gives birth to the church today we celebrate the birthday of the church happy birthday and he paused after he said happy birthday in a way that was like inviting the audience to say happy birthday back so me and five other people said happy birthday um it was pretty embarrassing um but yeah, so I guess the Catholic Church was founded today, 2022 years ago. Um, yeah. So, okay, so they go through, like, you go through these rote memorized prayers, and then what do they do next, Eucharist, or? Yeah, so then they do, basically, they do their sacrament, mm-hmm. um, which it's interesting because they literally believe that it becomes. Yeah, transubstantiation. Transubstantiation, yeah. Um, no. That it becomes the body and blood of Christ, um, which is interesting. It was especially interesting that during COVID, they still used like a single goblet. Um, and just like, I guess it's not during COVID. Are we post-COVID? Is this done? Are we done? It's as soon never... as the war in Ukraine started, people stopped paying attention to COVID. Okay, right. We, we got 
bigger fish to fry now. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty interesting, but something, so, okay, because it's Pentecost, uh, they talked a lot about the, the Holy spirit. And then they talked about the gifts of the spirit, which of course, this is a big thing in Mormonism. And so I saw Mm -hmm. like a big connection there. I was like, oh, they also have this idea and they see, uh, these gifts of the spirit as having appeared, um, at Pentecost, like that's when Mm -hmm. it started, uh, which I think makes sense. Like if you've read new Testament, that makes sense. Um, and so it talked about, um, source the the holy spirit is the source of gifts and talents and everyone has gifts and talents and we were invited to think about are we manifesting those gifts and talents like are we using those to better the world and if we're not we're insulting the holy spirit like it's an insult to not use your talents and gifts so Um, this is starting to sound like a young men's lesson on corinthians it kind of felt that way a little bit um but with a little bit more ritual Right. Like right. they had a gold goblet. They had the tabernacle in the back. The The priest was wearing his his garb and um, yeah, there was a choir, whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's something interesting, though, is he said the priest said this. I don't know if this is found anywhere in like the actual Catholic doctrine, but the priest said. The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. And now, here's why, here's why I find this most interesting. Because it's an interesting philosophy, right? Like you could, you know, when you're, um, if, if you're just studying it from like a theological perspective, you're like, okay, so there are these two characters, the Father and the Son, and this Holy Spirit is that like an emergent property of, of that love, right? That's like an interesting, I think that's an interesting idea. Um, and let me be clear here. I'm like, I'm not Catholic. I don't believe in any God, but, um, just in case people think this is like taking a turn to preaching Catholicism. Uh, but I thought that was like an interesting idea, but then there's also like the Trinity, right? Like it's, it's the same thing. Like, the Holy Spirit is the love of somebody's love for themselves, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I see. Like, I see where the priest is going to start talking himself in into problems. Yeah, um, yeah. And I so, don't know if I've spoken about it on the podcast, but I actually did start watching a lot of videos trying to explain the Trinity. Okay. Because Mormons misunderstand it, and they misunderstand it on purpose to make it seem sillier than it is. Um, but they talk about the difference between like a, a, a personhood and and the form. So, because God exists outside of time and space, you can have these three persons in one substance. Whereas in our material world, the person is intricately connected to the substance of that person. Okay. So you can't have two minds within one body or one substance be, because that's the nature of our physical world. But because God exists outside of time and space, he's not constrained in the same way we are. So these three persons can be of one, they don't call it body, but one substance. 
but you have to realize that these three persons and the one substance exist outside of our comprehension of of the physical world okay so is the idea um let's see would it be like talking about the relationship between me as elder jackson and me as uh alex right like is is that like me as elder jackson the person who does this podcast versus the normal person who exists in the real world no, right? because like, like there's, it, those, it's, those is it are like, just, that's a persona that you've made. Like it would be a separate person, the person of the father and the person of the son and the person of the Holy ghost. But they're the All same three of those persons. Those three persons aren't the same. They're three persons, but of one substance. And it doesn't make any sense to us because we don't live in a world that functions in that way. Right. But because God exists outside of normal time and space and he's not bound in the same way that we are. He can be three persons of one substance. So you really have to just accept that it's an unknowable mystery and it's only made possible because God doesn't exist in the same world and he's not bound by the same constraints we are. It's not like I act like a certain way around on a podcast and I act a certain way off mic. Right. It's that literally Elder Jackson would be a separate person from who you actually are outside of this podcast. Right. And you exist within the same body simultaneously. Right. 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 So that's the kind of, and, and Mormons just will bastardize that, and Jehovah's Witnesses will do that too, to make it seem sillier. They don't explain that this is unknowable because God exists on a different plane of existence than we do. Right, right. Okay, so, okay, maybe this is a good time to call out for anybody who believes in the Trinity. I'm, I'm sure we probably have listeners like I, who have left Mormonism yeah. and become Christian in some other form, and... Yeah, uh, might believe in the Trinity. So if you believe in the Trinity, this is a, this would actually be something um, we might be interested in hearing on the show. Is like, mm-hmm. like, what is this? Like, make sense of this for us outside of Mormonism, because I'm coming from a certain cultural background that that when I look at this, this doesn't make any sense. And this happens a lot when we're when we're looking at cultural cultures. When I was at BYU Idaho, for example. In one of my history classes, uh, there were a few times where my professor had to back us up because people in the class would say, oh, this is exactly like the Holy Ghost when we'd be learning about mm-hmm. some other culture. That's exactly like the Holy Ghost. And they'd make this connection. And the professor would have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. like back all the way up. It is mm-hmm. not like that. Like if yeah. that's how you need to see it in your head to make sense of it, to like have a shorthand for the exam cool but just understand that the people in this culture the way that they're seeing it is is unique to to them mm-hmm. and would not make that same connection they would not say that it's like the holy ghost if they had a grasp yeah. of both and if you had a full grasp of both you would not see it as the as the same thing um so that is interesting because the trinity still doesn't make sense to me but i appreciate it's like you. i had to watch a lot of videos and really the only one that made sense was the one where the guy explains that it doesn't make sense because God exists outside of time and space. Right. So it's like the apologetic of like, well, we'll figure it out in the next life. He's just not, well, I think it goes a little bit beyond that. It's just that there are three persons within one essence. Sorry, I was saying substance before the word they use is essence. And we can't see or experience that 
in our physical world, but it can happen in whatever existence that God has. Right. He can exist that way, but we don't see things exist that way. Right. So it's not just like, we'll figure it out. It's just like, no, he just exists in a different plane. Right. Where this can be a reality, whereas in this world it can't. Right. 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 Okay. So Yeah. It's like What's trying the, to explain like higher dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, yeah. So it was interesting, like getting a taste of a different theology, because that's a thing to like going to Catholic mass, um, just going to any Christian church, you realize why Christians say Mormons aren't Christian. Um Oh, I like I understand it fully. I even understood it while I was in the church is that Christianity as a religion follows a certain set of rules mm-hmm. and Mormonism does not follow that set of rules. Yeah. And so it's almost as insulting as like um like it's a complete mischaracterization of Christianity. Yeah. As a religion, right? Yeah. If you're a Christian, you follow these things because that's what Christianity has been from the beginning of Christianity. And if you don't follow these things then you're mischaracterizing well and it's 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 the same as when they when someone looks at the flds church and mm -hmm. says those are mormons and mormons are like those aren't mormons right it's like but if you ask them they're They're mormons they're mormons yeah and so i think it's um it's probably similar uh this this um evolution of ideas uh, where Jesus was Jewish. Well, that's it. Like the first Christians would have said, we're Jews. Right. And the Jews would have said, you're not Jews. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the Mormons and the Seventh-day Adventists and the Jehovah's Witnesses is like the next iteration of Christianity yeah. come along. And they're like, we're Christians. And the Christians are like, you're not Christians. Right. And all three of those sects say, but we're the true Christians. And then you yeah. take it a step further with the FLDS church. We'd say they're not Mormons. Right. But they'd say, no, we are the only true Mormons. Right. And then there'll be some other messed up splinter sect from the FLDS church that'll be like, no, we're the real FLDS church. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think this is an important idea um, when you're using like terminology and stuff. Uh, it's in, it's tough to have a terminology that works for everybody. Right. Like mm-hmm. somebody's going to come out if if I say, oh, the Mormons, and they're like, you can't say that. I'm like, well, but I'm including the LDS, the FLDS, the community of Christ, everybody who's from this tradition, right? Um, I need some way to distinguish that Mm -hmm. that's who they are, that I'm distinguishing the entire group, right? Um, But then you also have restorationist religions, and that's another, right? It's a... um, it's a taxonomy, right? It's a taxonomy of religions is identifying mm-hmm. while well, there's the FLDS and the LDS, which both fit into the Mormon group, which both mm-hmm. fit into the restorationist group, which fits into Christianity, which fits into, you know, the Abrahamic Judaism. traditions, right? Like, yeah, which, which, which comes into... from Judaism, like, and there's and all, then... and includes Islam, right? There's, it's complicated. Well, like Judaism goes back to even earlier Mesopotamian Mesopotamian religions. And I'm sure when the Jews started emerging as a religion, they're like, no, we're the true Mesopotamian. And the the Mesopotamian pagans are like, no, you're not. Yeah. 
and then they started calling, you know, so there's always been this kind of pass on and hand down and, yeah. and change and evolution. Um, I think one way I started thinking about it that really changed the whole like Mormons or Christians is it's, let's say I was born and raised in some kind of, it was a semi isolated country. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were going to open our doors to trade for the rest of the world. And I was going to be an ambassador and they're educating me about Americans. Cause I'm the first person from my country to ever go to America. And they say, America is like this cultural melting pot and they've got a lot of different people. So you have Christians, Christians believe in the Holy Trinity and they accept the Bible as the absolute word of God. That would be kind of the two key things they'd say. And they also have Muslims there and Muslims, you know, believe that there is only one God and, 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 uh, Muhammad was his prophet and they follow the teachings of the Quran. And these are Jews and they believe that the Messiah will come and that the, this is their set of scripture and, and they go to church on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be kind of my high level overview of, of the three main Abrahamic religions. And they'd say, you know, and then there's kind of this spinoff and they're Mormons. The Mormons aren't exactly like the Christians. They're different. Yeah. Because, yeah, and that was where I was like, yeah, if I was an outsider. Yeah. Who didn't looking at it from the outside, you can look at evangelicals, Baptists, uh Methodists, you look at these groups and you say, "Oh yeah, that's the same." Mm-hmm. And then Catholics, you might look at differently cuz even different. even there's a difference between, you know, the, you know, orthodox of Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox mm-hmm. versus protestants right like even that there there there's a difference but there's not a huge difference in what they believe there's more of a difference Mm -hmm. in what they practice at least from my own experience and how i see things especially when compared against mormonism right Mm -hmm. there is this significant jump and difference um towards the mormon tradition so if you're trying to break things up it makes sense but i never thought about that until until I left the church, like until mm-hmm. I left the church, I was still, even when I didn't believe it and I was still in, I was like, well, no, Mormons are Christians. Mormons are Christians. But then when you get out and you see um, and you, you know, start making Christian friends, you're like, oh, actually, yeah, okay, it is different. Yeah, it is. I, th- I think the difficulty is when more when Christians say that Mormons aren't Christians and when Mormons say we are Christians, mm-hmm. they're using the word Christian, but they mean completely different things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To a Christian, a Christian is somebody who follows, they believe in the Trinity. The Bible is the inerrant word of God. That makes you a Christian. Yeah. To a Mormon, a Christian is somebody who believes in Jesus Christ, believes he's the savior of the world and the son of God and tries to be like him. Yeah. Yeah. So they go back to like this very prehistoric church definition of a Christian Mm -hmm. and they ignore the fact that Christianity emerged as a religion and has a rich history spanning 2000 years Mm -hmm. and a philosophy and all these things that Joseph Smith was familiar with that Mormons have been isolated and shielded from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's obviously really difficult to define things and put them into, put them into boxes and give them, titles and, and figure all that out i mean you see the same thing uh when they're trying to classify animals right is this closer mm-hmm. related to this or to this well you yeah. know when you're cooking a tomato is a vegetable but when <laughs> you know like 
but speaking biologically, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. And yeah. so I think, yeah, it, it's really difficult. And I think that's why it's important to define terms when you, when you talk to people. But anyways, I can see the difference. And yeah. especially going to Catholic mass, there's actually like ritual, even though Catholic mass has been watered down since, you know, um, you know, and I think it keeps getting watering down, right? Like they do it in English. It's not in Latin. There was no incense, mm-hmm. right? But, um, but there is still this ritualized uh, nature to to the the church, to the event, to the experience. Mm-hmm. And whereas Mormon church meetings, and I love people, they're oh, you know, Sunday I feel the spirit, blah 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 blah. It's like okay. <laughs> Mormon church is like a corporate meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody gets up, here's a letter from the first presidency, blah, blah, blah. And then they have a couple people assigned to speak. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think um, it, it was interesting going uh, to church somewhere where they they had ritual to it, where it felt... Right, because even the sacrament in Mormonism is like kind of lame. It's incredibly lame, right? Like in yeah. Catholicism, everybody gets up and makes their way towards you know the priest, uh, you know, as this representation. Right. So do you think? Okay, but on the other hand, do you think if you've been like, do you think there's a bit of a no- novelty factor at play in that if you had been raised Catholic, you'd see it as lame as what? Mormon sacrament meeting is or or the distribution of the Mormon sacrament is? No, I don't think so because I I grew up going to Catholic Mass. Like Catholic mm-hmm. Mass isn't anything new to me. It's just that on this occasion I'm seeing it from the lens of okay. you know, comparing it just side by side with with a Mormon sacrament meeting. Like one thing that I'd imagine is different is that because we just let all the 12 year old boys and all the 14 year old boys and 16 year old boys, it's kind of like, it's this two edged sword, right? Where you make a priesthood available to everybody or all males. Mm-hmm. And that's very egalitarian and that's very, very good. But I think there's something to be said for, I have practiced and demonstrated a desire to be a part of this and to show that it's special. I wear these special clothes and we use this special, whether it's a cop or whatever to distribute these special things. And we do all these things to show that this is special. Mm -hmm. And with the 12 year olds, you know, who are wearing like hand me down and I'm not trying to disparage, but it's just like, you know, they're wearing poorly sized, poorly fitted white shirts and ties and pants and, you know, sometimes they hit a growth right. spurt, so they're wearing like flood pants. Yeah, and they didn't comb their hair. Yeah, there's no, and like, they don't even want to be doing it. Half of them are like, right. I don't even want to be here doing this. I just have to do it. Yeah, there, there's definitely uh, like it, it because people don't want to do it and don't have like the rigorous dedication mm-hmm. um, that any good cult should have. Um, <laughs> it kind of it like it dulls it dulls it down right yeah. like you look at uh the jedi right they're wearing robes and they have this discipline there's like you do it this way you do it this way and yeah it's a cult but like they've got it together you know well mm-hmm. i mean 
you know, depends what era you're looking at. Am I right? Uh, talk about Order 66 much. Uh, speaking of which, this is the 66th episode. Just, you know, tying that in. It all comes back together. Anyways. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for uh, <laughs> making this the nerd cast. I do think, I do, th- <laughs> I do think though that, um, yeah, there, there is some benefit to like that rigor, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think an interesting alternative would be you, you leave it open to everybody, but you don't make everybody become a part of it. Right. right. So it'd be, you know, you can, if you want to pass a sacrament when you're 12, Yeah. but you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. Right. To prepare and demonstrate your desire and your willingness to to take upon this significant, important responsibility instead of just being like, you turn 12, guess what, you little shit? You got to come here <laughs> early and you got to pass the sacrament. You got to be reverent. You got to do all this other shit. And it's like, I don't even want to be here. And I definitely, like, the only upside to being a deacon is you don't have to sit with your family the whole sacrament meeting. Yeah. You well, get to sit with your friends for like the first 20 minutes. And I always liked getting up and walking around. <laughs> yeah. You get, you know, so that, that part's a highlight, but the whole like, ritualistic symbolism is just kind of like it's lost It's lost you don't really care that you're participating i think like around the time i was 18 and i was when i'd be blessing the sacrament i really felt like i'm standing in the place of the apostles when they would do this as part of the last supper yeah or i'm standing in the place of jesus to administer this ordinance to these people and it felt meaningful yeah. i was 18 yeah when i started to feel that way or make that connection yeah when you're 12 it's like I don't even know if I had a leader who said, you know, who would read through the the part of the Lord's Supper from the Gospels with us and say, when you pass the sacrament, you are standing in the place of Jesus to administer this ordinance to these people. Mm-hmm. There, it's just like, do you make sure you say the damn prayer right? Yeah. Don't pick your nose. Well, I, make sure the whole <laughs> congregation sees you use the wet wipes before you tear the bread apart. <laughs> like that's what we're focused on, which is, I'm not saying it's not important, but right. Like that's what I remember about my sacrament training. Yeah. And I think part of it, I mean, the whole thing, uh, talking about this, this dedication and pe- people who care, right? Like mm-hmm. people who are interested in being part of the priesthood in mm-hmm. Catholicism. That's what you do. Like if you're an altar boy, you might consider maybe I'll go study and I'll get a degree in theology and become mm-hmm. a priest. Like I'll go into this and this will be my calling. Um, because I think that adds to it instead of it being in the Mormon church where it's like, it's like the dentist from Cochrane is your bishop. <laughs> like this guy's in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is like, which is, I mean, the church is not a place for thinkers. It's, it's a pragmatic religion for pragmatic people. Yeah. Um, but you just end up, it lacks a lot of theological depth. Yeah. And we've, we've had conversations about the temple in that way too. And I, I I think we could probably do another episode about that, about trying to find meaning in the temple, but you know, within Catholicism, there's like this whole rote thing and, you know, it's very clear um, there's this veneration for Christ and everything in the Mormon temple. You watch this movie about Adam and Eve and you're there for, you know, the secret handshakes and stuff. And then once you've got them, like you did it, congratulations. Like it kind of, um, I don't know. Like I, I think, um, yeah, if it, it, it lacks meaning. 
I think. Well, it's because they took every, all, the meaning was derived a lot from the uncomfortable parts that they've taken out. Right. Right. And so there's a lot of meaning, I think, with the, like all the hand gestures that you make, a lot of them were symbolic of the penalties, <laughs> but they took the penalties out. So now you're just kind of standing with your hands in these positions and you don't know why. Right. And you're trying to figure out what it means. And the meaning used to be there, but they just took it out because it made too many yeah, people. Yeah, because when, when I went through, I didn't know about the penalties. When I went through, um, and I had that thought. I was like, why Like, why do I hold my hands like this? Like, what does mm -hmm. that have to do with anything? Was Joseph Smith just like, uh, and, uh, okay, everybody, hold your hands like this. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, hold. That will do. Like, yeah. it's... It's like, why are we, like, what is going on and, and where is the meaning? And I do think that Catholicism has done similarly. They've watered it down, right? Um, but one thing that's different, I think, is that Mormonism, the, the temple is like a factory, right? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this whole episode has been me convincing people that the Catholic Church is the true church, which it's not, by the way, just a heads up. Um there is no such thing as the true church. Congratulations. You figured it out. You won the ex-Mormon prize. Um, but uh, in, in Catholicism, when you're there, everybody's like, there are people in all sorts of different outfits. There are people there in t-shirts and shorts, and nobody's looking at them being like, oh, do you, do you think he sinned? Like, do you think, is he mm -hmm. doing okay? Should we check on him? Right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's none of that. Because people are there to build a relationship with the divine, not to show off to the rest of their corporation that they're doing just fine. Thank you. But like, has it always been that way? Casual dress throughout your, your life? Yep. Yeah. Like okay. I, I remember going to Catholic mass and I would dress up cause I, you know, we're mm -hmm. going to church. Um, but yeah, I remember being confused. Why are so many women wearing pants? Like mm -hmm. why are, why is that guy in a t-shirt? Like what the heck? You know what, actually, you saying that about women wearing pants, it's like, that's really, really weird. Mm -hmm. It wasn't weird when I was in, but now hearing you say that, it's like, that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think there's something to be said about uh, ritual. And honestly, I think that's part of the problem Mormonism has. Like, it's losing its ritual right like it it's empty it's devoid of meaning even fake meaning right mm -hmm. nobody nobody even says you know oh well these hand signs this is a sign of you you know holding up the law in one hand and sustaining the prophet with your other like nobody makes right like even that it's empty the, and i think like the penalties were very uncomfortable and extremely grotesque yep super um, grotesque you but they communicated the meaning yep. of as you progress and leave the world behind and you enter into these covenants with God to return back into the presence of the God of God, you are making these real life and death promises, yep. spiritual. This is spiritual life and death. And the things you're learning are so significant that if you were to reveal them or not to take them seriously, spiritually it'd be as painful as enacting these penalties of having your bowels cut open mm -hmm. and ripping your tongue out by its roots. And I know that that's like Masonic phraseology, but it's, you know, Joseph Smith takes that 
and the thing he's communicating is this is important. It's life or death. Yep. And you need to take these things seriously and treat them with respect. So instead of saying, you know, just leaving this real grotesque imagery Mm -hmm. and not explaining it, they just remove it completely instead of just explaining what it means. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so instead of just explaining and discussing the meaning of the ritual, they just remove the uncomfortable parts of the ritual and water it down to the point that nothing in it means anything. Means nothing. Yep. Yeah. Totally meaningless. Completely empty. Um, yeah. So that was, honestly, it was, uh, it was nice going to Catholic Mass and just like seeing um, seeing the way other people do religion, uh, mm-hmm. but also that, I don't know, if it felt more meaningful. So I'm hoping to maybe take my uncle to Mormon church. My aunt has gone to Mormon church before, but my uncle has not. He's totally unfamiliar. So I'm kind of, I don't know, we're going to, ho- hopefully I can take him and show him how corporate and boring it is uh, and maybe get his his thoughts on it but uh yeah any any more thoughts bishop yeah i just like with the lds church like it's it's boring and dull and corporate but it's boring and dull and corporate because like the members are never taught to think Mm -hmm. and 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 you put these and so nobody really has an interesting thought because nobody's ever taught to think about anything yeah i remember one time in sunday school teaching a lesson about samuel the lamanite and i said well who's samuel teaching and they said, well, he's teaching the Nephites. And I said, so who do the Nephites represent? Oh, the Nephites are the people who like had the gospel. I'm like, so they're kind of like the members of the church. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, they are. And I'm like, so Samuel the Lamanite is teaching the members of the church. And this is his message to the members of the church. So in all your life, when you've read Samuel the Lamanite, have you ever thought that he was talking to you as a member of the church? Or have you always just thought he was talking to some other wicked Gentile? Mm. And they were like, Oh, I never thought about that before. Yeah. And I'm talking like people in their sixties are like, I never thought about that way. And I was like, as you review the book of Mormon, you realize that like 90% other than the missions by the sons of Mosiah, all the teaching and preaching in the book of Mormon is to the members of the church. Yeah. It's not to the evil Gentiles. Yeah. And so if you're going to read this book the way it was intended to be read, it is directed to you as a member of the church. Yeah. All the preaching and exhortation is things that you need to do, not the godless Gentiles. Right. Godless Gentiles are okay because they'll eventually be redeemed, whatever. It's the sin is on the head of their fathers for not learning the truth. The message of the Book of Mormon is directed to people who are in the pews. Mm-hmm. And the People, I never thought about that before. Why didn't you ever think about that before? So never taught to fucking think when I read this book. <laughs> yeah, I'm only taught to think about how good I feel when I read it. Yep. How great it is. Not to think is. about the words on the page. It's the greatest right? book ever written. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think about anything that it says? No. No. But it's the greatest book. But I need to think about how to apply it in my life. Just as long as I know that everybody, you know, who needs to learn from this is one of the godless heathens who doesn't have the truth like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think this has been a good discussion. Yeah. Um, everybody get out there and learn something new. Don't necessarily go to Catholic Mass. You don't have to. Uh, but it is the one true church. 
But um, I like I'd sorry if I can chime in yeah. again. Like sorry to drag this episode out. Like religion and culture intrinsically like connected and related. Like a lot of architecture was dr driven by religious architecture, right? Right. Yeah. And 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 a lot of literature was driven by religion and and stories are driven by religion and um our laws were dr driven by religion um so you leave the church all of a sudden you've got two hours on your sunday free go to another church go to any church go to any gathering on not to like find another religion but to experience culture yeah would be my exhortation yeah find some culture mm -hmm. and uh and experience it i like that well with that uh we would invite you to email us brothers and sisters at uh on unmormon at gmail.com uh we do sometimes read those emails and sometimes reply and sometimes you might be a guest who knows we might have guests again on this show um we've got a lot happening we actually we have a few things going on um so yeah stay tuned enjoy your life have a great summer have a blessed summer and of course we do say these things in the name of george mario burgo glio who is pope francis amen <laughs> amen <laughs>